Hi, welcome to the CBC Podcast, Behind the Pulpit. I'm your host today, John Tawa, and today we'll be talking about the movie First Man, continuing our movie series, CBC at the Movies. Hope you enjoy it. All right. Greetings. I am here today with Donna Katagi and Tina Lorenz, and we are continuing the movie series, and we're going to be talking about the message that Donna went over, First Man. Donna, why did you decide to choose this movie? Um, I really, well, the other guys, when they pick a movie, they're really looking for a movie to talk about. But I just watch movies that I like, and then I think, I really want to talk about this movie, and then I have to figure out what to talk about. So this just, it just really stood out to me because the guy, the um, Neil Armstrong character was such a familiar character. You know, he's like everybody I know and like me, but I didn't know initially what I was going to talk about. And then I found this article that talked about the Adam, you know, the first Adam and, and Jesus thing and the two different sides of Adam. So that's when I thought, oh, okay, I have something to talk about. But initially it was just because I liked the movie so much. Yeah, I appreciate that about, I think, the movies you pick. That makes sense. I would only want to talk about the things that yeah. I like to watch. Yeah, so like Nick says, I never heard of this movie until I started talking about it. You know, it's like, how can you do that? But, you know, he doesn't watch movies. So. What were your thoughts on uh, the movie, Tina? I definitely enjoyed the sermon. I'm like Nick, where I don't watch a lot of movies, mm-hmm. so I never even heard of The First Man. <laughs> I do know who Ryan Gosling is, so I was all about that. Um, but I, I thought it was good the way that she uh, talked about Neil as a character instead of the astronaut and how he relates to us and us in relation to God. So I appreciated it. Yeah. Yeah, the other thing, though, too, is you won't remember this, but I was in ninth grade and I was taking science in summer school when the moon landing was in 1969. So I remember like sitting in the science class all during summer school that week and watching it on TV. So kind of it's part of like my heritage, too, where for you guys, it's ancient history. right? (laughs) Cool. Yeah, I think like you mentioned, both of you, in terms of Neil and his character and that being the core part of the movie and how he feels and what he goes through and his daughter and his sons and the way he uh, externally and internally processes things. Can we talk about that for ourselves and for, uh, yeah, just the clip? I think f- to go off the one of the clips that I really enjoyed was you showed him standing outside and he said something like, uh, responding to, to his friend, I'm not out here because I want to talk to you. Yeah. And I think even for myself, and for even the people around me, I can almost hear people saying, yeah, that's how I feel. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah, I feel that so often. And of course, I would never say that to somebody. It's like, I don't really want to talk about this or I don't really want to talk right now. Yeah, so that's such a, it was so funny for me to watch it and to think, oh, yeah, I know exactly what he's thinking and what he's feeling. Because I do that all the time, though I don't really say it. <laughs> same, same. I mean, I thought that was really forward of him to say, but mm-hmm. there are many times that I thought that. But I think a lot of times we go the route of um, glazing over it, saying, I'm fine, I'm yeah, fine, yeah, or uh-huh. like talking about it, but kind of hiding and masking what you're actually mm-hmm. feeling. Yeah. yeah. Now, why do you think, I don't know, we've been like that? Or for myself, I guess I can think about my family and how I was raised, and I'm all brothers, and I think we don't really. L- express too much and 
the way that we communicate is just silence or go back to your room and be quiet and we'll never talk about it again. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think it's just guys because I, mm. I think that's how my family was too. It was always um, – and I, the phrase my parents always used to use is don't bring shame on the family. So you have to put up that public performance, that different person that looks good and appears good. And, and you know, you're raised from a very young age to cultivate that sense of I can't be who I am. I have to look better to everybody else and not show all the stuff that's going on in me. You know, and so it feels foreign to, you know, to be honest and to tell people what you're really thinking or feeling. Yeah, even though we grew up in different generations, I totally understand that because same family, mm-hmm. you don't air your dirty laundry. You yeah. just make sure that everyone thinks that everything's okay. Like the appearance is what matters, mm-hmm. which is so funny because with the Enneagram, I'm a type three. Mm-hmm. One of the big things is being ashamed of who you are and projecting like a good self image. So I see mm-hmm what that's rooted in Mm -hmm. and I'm worried that I'm reflecting that on my kids too so Mm. finding the balance of letting them emote yet Mm -hmm. still don't air our dirty laundry yeah Yeah. whenever I talk about like the things that are going on in me and like the things that I'm struggling with I feel like I'm whining like Mm -hmm. you know you're not supposed to talk like that and yeah and I think that too for the kids like my kids and my grandkids it's like I want you to be able to honest but not to be whiny so Mm -hmm. you have to be able to do it appropriately you know the way I think it's appropriate that that goes into wanting to be in control right Mm -hmm. which we talked a lot about in this movie yeah 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 again those are great points because I I feel that so much and even though I'm pretty extroverted and I like to and I'm a feelings guy I feel like for most of my life, I, I can't or I still can't really say what I want to say, mm-hmm. do what I want to do because you don't want to step on anyone's toes. And mm-hmm. I remember even like talking to Nick one time about things. He go, he should have said, we don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's built into my DNA or whatever. I don't yeah. want to, you know, make excuses for the way I am. But I do think, yeah, we are the way we are because of whether – our parents or family or culture or, or whatever it is, I do think there's you can trace it back to something. Yeah. Uh, going back to the movie, um, Donna, was there was there a, another clip I feel like that um, you wanted to dive deeper into or maybe a clip that you didn't show that you could bring more light to? Yeah, there was um, there was another clip where he's flying. Um, and I get all the names of the rockets mixed up. So it was one of the next rockets after that. But th- he crash lands and the thing explodes and he parachutes out just before it lands. And his parachute gets dragged for like 100 feet. And then he's bloody. His face is bloody and he's all beaten up. And, and then he tells them because they want to scrap the mission. And he tells them, we have to fail down here so we don't fail up there. And it was like, you know, it was like so not what I would be thinking or feeling, but, you know, just to be able to shut down that feeling of, you know, being hurt and bloodied and broken and, and to be able to, you know, just look at the, the mission. It's like that total separation of inner and outer. And, um, but also, and I think this is the part, the thing that really attracted me to the movie too, is that we don't look down on him for, you know, being, for separating that inner and outer thing and for performing, but, you know, it's, there's an enormous sense of like courage and sacrifice, and and I like that too because I didn't feel like my personality is put down, but that it's like it's kind of part of all of us, and we can achieve even though we do that. You know, so I 
I think there were other the flight sequences that you know showed his courage that I wanted to do more of, but it wasn't really part of the theme I was following. So, oh, yeah, that's a great point. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. What about you, Tina? Do you, do you have any other thoughts on uh, any other clips that Donna shared, and just idea of that? Yeah, the internal and the external. The way he related to his kids was so interesting mm. in the scene where he's saying that they have confidence that they'll return from <laughs> this mission. And it sounded like he was like on a PR tour, like mm -hmm. uh, talking to the media. And I can't imagine having um, that coldness towards mm -hmm. my kids, yeah. even though, you know, he has that deep love for them. That's probably like how he protects himself and mm -hmm. how he protects them. So yeah. I thought that was interesting. You know, he goes, does anybody have any other questions? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's his two boys sitting there. Yeah. yeah. And just that handshake instead uh -huh. of a warm embrace. Yeah. 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 Can you relate any more to like just that family function in terms of, because when I saw it, I feel like that's kind of sometimes how dinners are growing up for mm -hmm. me. And sure. they're just, let's just sit around a table and it's almost like you're, even my dad, I was like, okay, your turn to share. And okay, Josh, you can talk now. And okay, Tim, what'd you do at school? And we just very formally say what we did. And that was it. And he's like, okay, I'll be quiet now and let someone else talk. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you don't really learn how to do conversation. And I think because my parents, you know, they're also kind of introverted and they didn't really, you know, have that training either. Cause their parents were Issei and Japanese speaking. Um, yeah, so it was like, you don't really learn how to do, like, conversation and just to talk informally in the family. Yeah, because my family was like that, too. It was like, and we had, when we had dinner and stuff, the TV was always on. So mostly we were watching TV and then talking around it. So, yeah, that's an interesting point. I kind of appreciate the formality of like, this is how the conversation is going. Um, because growing up, my parents worked really late. So when they got home, it was dinner time. That was like a time to fuel your bodies kind of thing. They were just tired, wanted to eat and go to bed kind of thing. So with me and my kids, I'm like, we talk about highs and lows of the day uh -huh. and what we're grateful for. And we take turns. So maybe it was more like your family growing up. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I, I like that because it's something I didn't have. Mm -hmm. Whereas my husband probably is rolling his eyes thinking this is so cheesy because I bet that's how his family yeah. dinners were. Yeah. And then there's those long, awkward silences, which, you know, for all of us, I think that's part of conversation, too, is like, oh, what do I say next? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think about that even now. And I, I've gone on trips with my dad and we would say <laughs> where we're we going to eat next for a six hour car ride to like Mammoth, you know, and that was about it. It's so just interesting to me. And even thinking like, what about his parents or like my parents' parents? Mm -hmm. I, I can, I think, yeah, with the TV thing, I remember there being a TV on the table and I'm sure it was on and they maybe just watched TV for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as we close, uh, I think looking at the last scene you, show, you showed uh, during the ser during your sermon, in terms of, I think, uh, I loved how you shared how he had the, or the movie showed the bracelet and him dropping it in to the moon. And, uh, but you brought it back to, we don't know for sure if that happened or not. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of more beautiful that way. Yeah. And I, I appreciate yeah how you kind of close in that way and just the feeling that left us and kind of, I think the beauty of 
even living that way, like the way that I am and the way that I feel like um, sometimes I say things and sometimes I don't and I do keep a lot of things inside, I still can appreciate who I am and I, I like the way that I think God has wired me and I've kind of managed it to the best that I can and mm-hmm. I'm still trying to do the best that I can. Yeah. you guys have any thoughts on that and maybe how you are and, and how you felt about that last scene? Yeah, one of the things I've been reading is lately is that when we go through something, and I think as a pastor and as a preacher, I always feel like those are such good illustrations when I talk about like all my trauma and struggles and the things that I go through. But the um, thing I've been reading is to not to share them too soon. You know, that some things you just need to keep private and just need to keep inside for a long time because God is still working on them. So, and that's sometimes hard. It's because, you know, I think, oh, this is what I'm going through now. I need to tell somebody or, you know, not tell everybody, but tell people that are close to me. But sometimes it is good just to keep it inside and to let it simmer or let it work its way through and let the spirit work in it without talking about it for a while. Yeah. So I see the value in that, too. I love the idea that some things are just between you and God. Mm. And I think um, when you have a lot of disconnect and brokenness in your life, for me, I I find comfort in knowing that that's between me and God. Mm-hmm. Um, but I struggle with genuine community because I don't like to share those things yeah. because I'm a private person. So mm. it, it can go both ways, right? Like some people, uh, they don't want to talk about it with God and that sin or whatever. But I'm the opposite where it's like, I'd rather just keep mm. it between me yeah. and God. Yeah. So uh, that's kind of like a, a tension that I have. Like, okay, how much do I share with my small group sisters and yeah. things like that? If I do want that genuine relationship relationship and openness and vulnerability. I'm that type of person at the end of the small group year where I write less feelings, more Bible. <laughs> so that's me. Yeah. I appreciate that from both of you guys. I do think that's important to understand about how God is there and he is there all the time. And whatever we do go through, he's, uh, he, he's not just there, but he, he cares about us. So yeah. One of the things I've been reading too is Um, We talk about how important it is to be unconditionally loved and to know that we're unconditionally loved. But one of the things I've been reading is, even before that, to know that we're known, that God knows us. And sometimes we can't really receive his love because we think he doesn't really know us. You know, those all those hidden things we don't tell him about. But it's as we let him into those things and know that we are completely known first and that he loves us knowing everything in us. But that's important. So I love that, Tina, about just there are things between you and God. And you it's important to be able to, to share all those things with God, all the ugly things and the things that you don't want to tell anybody. And that's where it starts. And eventually you'll share some of them with people, but not all of them. But it's it's that being known by somebody who loves you completely. That is, I think, so transforming. Yeah, it's so good. Thank you so much again for sharing both of you guys. Uh, and thanks for being here on the podcast today. Okay. Thanks, John. Yeah. Yeah, Thank you. Thank you. See you guys next time. Bye. Bye.